Welcome SaaS people to the SaaS Revolution Show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution courtesy of Sascribe Media. I'm your host for the first time today, Michael Cullen, and I'm really excited to be joined today by CEO and co-founder of BetterWorks, Mr. Chris Duggan. Uh, delighted to have you here with us, Chris. Um, really glad you could join us. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to speak with you today. Great, thanks, Chris. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, BetterWorks is an enterprise goal-setting platform based on social science thinking that aims to improve engagement amongst workers and improve operational efficiency. Um, so this catch-up with Chris was prompted by an article I wrote recently for Sascribe about how BetterWorks uh, could be a game-changer for enterprise productivity. So you know, clearly I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the company. Um, but Chris, uh, you might tell us to, to kick off, where, where did the inspiration for BetterWorks come from? Uh, you know, was it from your time at Badgeville? Or did you recognize that you know that goal setting in organizations on the whole was was inefficient and, and needed to change? So actually, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, a, a bit of both of those. Uh, you know, I was at Badgeville. We grew the company uh, to about a hundred people. And you know, one thing that was really important for me was, uh, you know, was did everybody act like an owner? And you know, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. And you know, one way to frame it would be, you know, was it, did everybody know what it took to be the CEO of their domain? And that didn't matter if that was in engineering, in sales, and marketing, you know, across the entire company. And uh, you know, the way that I thought that you could kind of ensure that that spirit was happening was, you know, everybody would have three to five key things that they were working on for the quarter to really drive value for the organization. Uh, and I think that I, I kind of learned about this kind of quarterly cadence, you know, having come, come from the sales and marketing side of things, you know, for you know, maybe a decade of work prior to that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and so I actually I looked for a system, uh, for some software to facilitate this, this process where everybody could. I looked at the market. I actually couldn't find anything. And we ended up using PowerPoint combined with Chatter. Uh, Salesforce's oh, okay. product, uh, and we kind of hacked it all together. I, I found that the spirit was great, but maybe the implementation was fairly poor. Uh, and that was maybe the first time that I really started to think, you know, what if there was a, some software that was kind of offered to the world uh, to really modernize this very traditional process of kind of setting and managing goals? Mm -hmm. And that was really kind of the inspiration behind BetterWorks. Okay, great. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I like how you, you put together a couple of different solutions there to come up with it, but obviously something you know more tailored, like BetterWorks, and and obviously then in in a software as a service type delivery model was was probably you know better for user engagement uh, from your point of view. Um, but do you think I suppose a couple of things you touched on there were very interesting. Uh, you know, one of them is I suppose the quarterly cadence or the you know the the tradition of the annual performance review in particular. Um, do you think that 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 type of Goal setting in, in the in the longer term is is a thing of the past, and you know is is there a huge requirement there for regular goal setting, you know real time feedback, and obviously then is the best method for doing that is it applications in the user's hands, is it is it software as a service? Yeah, so you know I think the biggest challenges that are facing companies today around driving business results and 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 really delivering growth are uh, you know fundamental kind of core uh, challenges uh, things like alignment and kind of lack of clarity of kind of what's happening what's 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 important what should we focus on how does my work connect with other people's work uh, etc and then also engagement and you know are people engaged at work how do you motivate them to really kind of give it uh, that little extra to kind of you know drive results and 
and overachieve. And, and so, you know, I think actually goals end up kind of uh, weaving a fabric across an organization that connects those issues, alignment and engagement. And, uh, you know, I look at, there's a ton of research out there, and we can, we can talk a lot about goal science if you're interested. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, one of the areas of goal science that I think is particularly interesting is a how companies can shift from an annual cadence to a quarterly cadence, mm -hmm. and what the potential impact that can have on um, um, productivity and performance. And uh, in fact, there was a recent study that came out from Deloitte, uh, which mm -hmm. says that companies that move from an annual to a quarterly cadence on goal setting are three and a half times more likely to be high performers in their industry. And that research uh, indicated that it didn't even matter what industry the, the comparison was happening in. Uh, it's just, and it makes sense, right? It's common sense yeah. that you know if we're more agile, more flexible, more responsive, more coordinated, uh, you know, then we're going to you know have higher results. And I kind of think of it as uh, if you remember kind of the old product kind of roadmap planning cycle, which was typically a 12 to 18 month cycle. You know, people would have all these waterfall charts and, Absolutely. you know, build these big, huge programs for 18 months at a time. And software was really hard to ship back then and took forever. And now people do the agile methodology uh, in engineering and product development. I think that same metaphor applies to how people are rethinking people management and realizing that things have to be on a much more frequent cadence than ever before, given all of the competitive pressure and all of the changes and dynamic kind of aspects of the markets they're in. And I think goals end up being a really clear way to, you know, drive that kind of behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. And as, as someone with a background in product management, that's one of the, the first kind of analogies that, that, that sprung to mind with me was, you know, this is this is an agile approach to, to people management, you know, and the waterfall approach is, is really dead and gone. So it's interesting how, you know, or at least it should be, you know, there's some some of the still big software dinosaurs who are still doing it. But, um, you know, the, the agile approach is really taken over. And obviously, you know, if you want to if you want to be able to react in real time to to a hugely dynamic and, and ever changing market, then, you know, an agile, fast moving approach is, is key. Um, and another thing I suppose that appealed to me again from the product management background was the um, the idea of, of ownership and being the CEO of, of your product or of your area. And like I said, be that in engineering, be that in marketing, sales, whatever it is, to, to give that that ownership to, to each individual. Um, so I suppose that, that kind of leads me to my next question that, you know, as a, I suppose as a software as a service provider, it's not really just the platform that you're providing. You're really are selling is what you're selling is an organizational culture, and and a huge in a lot of cases a huge shift in organizational culture. So do you find that that's a tough sell to a lot of companies, and and, and how do you make it the the better works not just the platform but the I suppose the the goal science methodology easier to adopt for your customers. Yeah, uh, and. And so, and you know, from a from a SaaS delivery standpoint, you know, obviously the service is easy to activate and provision for our clients, and you know, and we do exciting things like we'll integrate with their directory uh, service or their some of their systems of record uh, like Salesforce uh, to capture kind of transactional data, yeah. and even their HR systems like Workday and SuccessFactors. So you know the, the the technology side is I actually think the, the quite the easy part, mm. uh, and you know and we can deploy to thousands of users literally within you know a couple of weeks. Yeah. 
you know, I think as you mentioned, you know, there's also the kind of the, the change management or the behavior change aspect of this. Uh, and, and, you know, I think there's some interesting things that you can do around the product to actually facilitate engagement and get people really adopting the product. And, and we can talk about that if you're interested. Um, but uh, we also provide customer success resources. And I think customer success now has become table stakes for any uh, kind of solutions-oriented SaaS provider yeah. where, you know, they are selling up market. They're selling to medium to large enterprise. You know, they, uh, they're looking at a long-term relationship with their clients, and they really are, you know, they care about customer success and customer adoption and usage and renewals and upsell and cross-sell. Of course. And so, you know, those are things that we bring to bear in the process. Uh, you know, one thing I would say that maybe has made it a little easier for us is, I, I, you know, we're, obviously we, are, we go out and evangelize the ideas that we have every day into the marketplace. But I would say that we're being really pulled into the markets that we're going into, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the mid to large enterprise where, uh, you know, these companies realize that they have to become much more open, much more collaborative, much more uh, aligned and coordinated. Uh, they have to think about their goals on a much more frequent cadence than ever before. Kind of the annual process doesn't work. Uh, and uh, and so they're you know I mean we we're we're receiving RFPs now for goal management, okay. Uh, and you know we're we're creating a category around goal management, and you know a year or two ago that just simply wasn't the case. It didn't exist. It was a new concept, and uh, it feels to us like you know there, this awakening is happening in the market. So mm. um, it's nice when our interests align with the customers' interests, and and in which case that can lead to, you know, some very tremendous growth as a company. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think uh, it's really interesting that, you know, a new category in goal management is emerging, um, I, you know, and, and that's obviously been driven. I, I think it's safe to say that you're first to market in, in that area. And obviously, the, you know, the focus on customer success is key for any, any service, particularly, like you said, you know, the solutions-based services where, you know, not just from a, I suppose, from a retention point of view and from a long-term value point of view, you know, your subscription-based business model, you need to make sure that your customer adopts the service successfully and and grows with it and and it's it's really successful for them in order for you to retain them as a customer in order to you know and to cover that because obviously your, your customer acquisition costs can be quite high so you know that it needs to it needs to be a long-term relationship um and in terms of you know goal management and 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 that um suddenly becoming a, a category um do you think that that's driven by you know the Millennials joining the workforce or more goal orientated, more mission based, um, you know, kind of short term uh, and I suppose seek short term reward. You know, we, we're not a, a generation of, of lifers uh, in, in companies anymore. It needs to be based, almost project based um, kind of uh, reward and goal setting. So, do you think it's, uh, you know, BetterWorks as a, as a platform is more suited to? To millennials, or can you know older generations, the, the previous generations, the baby boomers, adapt to, to that kind of methodology as well? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would actually. I think that the the younger workforce, the newer workforce, you know, and the millennials, and some of these companies that we talk to, by the way, have eighty uh, percent millennials. Wow. Right? Okay. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not. This is not part of these organizations now. 
And and so, you know, obviously, you know, everybody knows, I think, all of the data around that group, which is, you know, they want more frequent feedback. They want a yeah. sense of progress. They like to work collaboratively. Yeah. Uh, they want to know the big picture. I mean, all of these things are kind of core motivators. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing maybe I would challenge a little bit around the kind of general thinking of millennials is that, you know, they, you know, they want, we have to serve them and we're kind of doing all this stuff for them. And, and I actually think that that's not correct. I think that millennials are the ones that will kind of have the courage to ask for change in the workplace mm-hmm. because they don't really kind of know maybe anything, any, anything different. Yeah. But the benefits that they're bringing about, I think, impact everybody and everybody benefits from more transparency, more connectedness, more sense of purpose, more clarity, more focus. Um, you know, more trust in the organization and, and the culture of trust. And so uh, so I think they they might be kind of triggering some change, but I think everybody in the workplace benefits from these uh, kind of these changes. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. They're definitely, I suppose, it's a generation that is a source of a lot of disruption, but also, you know, innovation and, and are, are really kind of, particularly in, the, I suppose, the industry that we're involved in, in, in the SaaS industry, you know, millennials are, are probably a huge factor in, in, in the workforce. But I suppose on that point, then, you know, if, if you know, some of the companies you're dealing with are 80% millennials, right? Um, is your customer base mostly um, startups? Is it mostly in the tech sector or is it, is it more diversified? than that yeah i would say that you know so we've been around for about two years now and uh you know we are working with about 100 enterprises uh and at at real scale like real you know divisions or large groups of users Mm -hmm. typically in the thousands uh, but now some are actually scaling to the tens of thousands uh, of users inside an organization uh and you know i would say we started off kind of in the like high tech early adopter kind of group of customers, you know, like a Lookout Mobile or Nerd Wallet or Zynga or mm-hmm. just you know uh, companies that were you know very high growth and and uh, you know very kind of um, you know were already very comfortable with kind of openness and transparency and and you know but maybe they didn't really have a kind of a formal methodology for uh, alignment and coordination. Mm-hmm. And um, this is kind of the solution for that. Uh, but I would say now, actually, most of our demand is coming from uh, large enterprise clients. Yeah. Uh, and they typically might be using, you know, Workday or success factors for their kind of HRIS systems. Yeah. And, you know, now they realize we really need to kind of have something that's collaborative that allows our uh, our organization to connect and align around, you know, key initiatives mm-hmm. that we want to make sure everybody feels connected to those things that we have, you know, really kind of ma- we're maximizing the way that we harness our resources. And uh, and so and they might already have a very diligent goal setting process. You know, some of these companies have been doing this you know process for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they don't have is a very collaborative kind of social uh, almost, you know, I call our product, you know, Fitbit for work. Okay. You know, it's not success factors 2.0. It's more Fitbit for work. And so, how do you make that engaging? How do you kind of connect the people? How do you, you know, kind of put that all together in a very kind of high adoption kind of way? Mm. And uh, and in, in these large accounts, they it's they, you know we're already supporting their very diligent goal setting process, but we're, what we're doing is making much more collaborative and open and transparent than ever before. And I think that's really what's the kind of transformational piece that we're enabling. 
Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, I've worked in organizations, you know, where um, the goal setting has normally been based on the, the SMART methodology, right, um, which has kind of been prevalent for, for, for a long number of years. But, you know, it, using the, the Fitbit analogy, it's probably you know, like having to manually record each of your steps rather than the Fitbit doing it for you, you know what I mean? So it's it's very much, you know, going into an Excel file and 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 saying whether you've hit a goal and how you've hit it and you know and, and again it's on a you know mid-year review and annual review basis so i think obviously you know automating the the experience um is going to be key and making it really easy to use um for for the users on, on that platform is is going to be really important um and it's interesting how you mentioned then uh, you know integrates with the likes of Workday and, and SuccessFactory. So um, in terms of your integrations, I know that you, you have recently announced integrations with Workday and with Salesforce to, to take in the kind of the metrics that, that um, you know, the, the, the workers are, are, are aiming at and working towards um, so they don't have to, to log those manually. Um, are there other integrations um, that are planned in, in the near future? And, you know, is that, is that the best way to get the data in there? Or is there going to always be an element of, of self-reporting amongst uh, employees? Yeah, so I think, I mean, my, my, my thinking here is that I'm human data along with kind of, you know, computer capture. Is really the phenomenon. Uh, think about it actually. If you use a Fitbit, when you're in together, it's like it's a very harmonized experience. You know, you use Fitbit to capture your steps, mm -hmm. and then you use my fitness pal to enter your calories. Okay. And uh, and what, what what I've experienced is that you know if you just fully automate everything, it's kind of hard to drive the behavior change with the human. Of course. But you know if you kind of don't automate the things that you should automate, then you know I think that it kind of creates extra work or frustration for the human mm. to kind of have to keep. And, um, and so now let's apply that to the workplace. Uh, you know, so clearly, you know, if you have a three or four or five key goals in the organization uh, and maybe one of those is related to you know the you know much more kind of quantified maybe uh, goal maybe like the delivering a certain number of leads or doing a certain number of analyst briefings or mm -hmm. delivering a certain number of you know customer briefings or something like that mm -hmm. uh, you know I think entering the human progress you know having a human enter the progress on the first thing which is you know a key initiative and and uh, maybe you know, checking off the milestones as those things happen, that, that seems very natural to me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the second thing, if it's very quantified, there's already data that's existing in other systems, maybe that's like task-based systems like Salesforce or Jira or, you know, anywhere where you're kind of doing your day-to-day -day work. I think those things should just be fully captured and automated for the human uh, and, and to give them credit. And what really is interesting is not only do we save time by kind mm -hmm. of automating that capture and we do that with Salesforce today and by the way it's not just for salespeople and anything that's related to marketing leads or customer yep. renewal rates or anything that's in force.com which is the Salesforce platform uh, can now be captured inside BetterWorks and give you automatic credit towards your goals which is pretty awesome to see kind of the progress kind of growing and seeing how you're doing relative to your peers and understanding kind of the his history of your performance and kind of learning and gaining insights from that uh, but, uh, you know, beyond that, I think it's really interesting to think about 
you know, what does that mean from a kind of an organizational visibility standpoint? Sure. And imagine if, you know, like, uh, for example, I don't log into Salesforce anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I go to BetterWorks. I can see all of our sales, our sales development, our marketing, and our customer success progress. Uh, you know, imagine if you could do that for Jira and engineering and, you know, mm -hmm. Asana, if you're using that, or, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, Zendesk and support tickets. Sure. And you could basically capture all of this data that's happening on a very transactional basis and roll it up in the context of key objectives and kind of the things that we're all working on that are important, I think that becomes a very high value kind of visibility capability inside the organization sure. to know what's happening you know, at any one point in time without having to log into all of these kind of day-to-day task-based systems. I also think that it gives the worker the flexibility to choose how they want to work. Mm -hmm. Do they want to, if they want to use Trello or Asana or you know, Jira or Dropbox or, you know, however they want to actually get their work done, mm -hmm. as long as they put that in the context of the, you know, why we're doing this and what's important, then actually it allows them to, you know, kind of figure out how they want to do the work mm -hmm. and also at the same time communicate the progress of that across the organization. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the key things that it does um, is empowering the end user, right, and empowering the, the worker to, to make the decisions on the ground, um, you know, to use the information that's available to them and make those decisions in, in an agile way and, you know, in a both a proactive and a reactive manner. But also, like you said, as it, you aggregate all of those different systems, be it from support, from engineering, from sales and marketing, if you can aggregate all of those into one, um, into one tool, into one platform, then I suppose it becomes a very effective and useful tool for decision making at a, at a more strategic level within the organization. And, you know, like you said, aggregates that kind of task-based, day-to-day operational um, kind of uh, uses uh, into into more of a strategic tool and strategic uh, facilitator for decision making. So that's you know that's very interesting. But I, I suppose in terms of you know empowering the user and and letting the user make those decisions on the ground, do you think that moving towards this type of methodology and implementing a, a system like BetterWorks um, facilitates a, a flattening of organization organizational structure and you know is, is it a case that the role for for middle management may be less less relevant than you know you could you could drive a, a more flat um, open structure I, I definitely think it facilitates a more nimble and agile organization that can make faster decisions uh, has more accountability, more uh, a stronger culture of trust. Uh, you know, I think that information becomes a freely flowing thing inside the organization as a result of this approach. Mm -hmm. And and clearly, I mean, you know, it's not. I wouldn't say you know we're kind of uh, you know uh, religious about that concept. Sure. You know, I think it, clearly some information you know um, you know should be kind of managed correctly like insider information or certain kinds of things. But I think uh, if you look at how uh, information ends up being controlled today inside organizations, and actually even worse is kind of the game of telephone that, that ha happens with information, yeah. where it kind of it gets passed from one person to the next, and by the time it's cascaded, you know, 10 nodes or five nodes, mm. you know, the, even the kind of the, the quality of the message has changed. Uh, I think that you know this does become a way to drive a, a acting like a flat organization, 
Sure. And, you know, and at the same time, you know, we still respect the kind of organizational structure and hierarchy, but I do think that this shifts the role of a manager yeah. into somebody that's basically kind of like, you know, exclusively driving accountability and communicating up and down mm. to one that's really, you know, more of a kind of a coach or a mentor kind of role. Okay. And, you know, now I think the expectation for a manager is, you know, can you coach people around how to reach their full potential? Can you co coach people to stretch themselves even further and to think kind of big picture around the kind of the role that they have? Can you uh, uh, unblock things for them if there's kind of blockers on their progress? Mm. Uh, and how are you helping facilitate their success versus kind of this very traditional kind of manager uh, kind of hierarchical profile? Absolutely, yeah, no, and that, and that sounds, you know, like absolutely like the more modern role of a manager, you know, as opposed to, like you said, a very, very hierarchical and, you know, micromanagement, which, you know, uh, which has been seen not to be very uh, efficient in terms of motivation and definitely in, you know, with the millennial workforce coming through, that's not the kind of, uh, kind of management that, that, that they typically would, uh, would respond to and work well for. Um, so that's definitely probably the, a good, a good way to go. Um, I suppose we, we, we've talked a lot about numbers, you know, and, and about metrics and, you know, the whole, I suppose the whole idea of quantified work is, is probably at the core of, of, um, you know, the methodology here and of, of what BetterWorks is doing. But, you know, it, it's, I can understand quite well how that would work for the functions within an organization which are metrics based, you know, like sales and marketing and engineering to a certain extent. But in terms of less data driven functions, you know, the more, the more human tacit, you know, elements of work that are more difficult to measure and more difficult to understand. How, how do you deal with that in your implementations to date? Are you just implementing into the more metrics based functions or are you implementing into, into other functions as well? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, uh, the uh, the ways that you can use goal setting, uh, uh, you know, vary across an organization. But I think, uh, you know, many people will have uh, measure very measurable types of goals, mm -hmm. uh, and and also um, uh, maybe less quantified uh, goals at the same time, and capturing those in a kind of a you know consistent way regardless of the function or the role, you know, I think is, you know, something that our software facilitates. But as an example, uh, you know, I, maybe, you know, if I'm in people operations or human, you know, HR traditionally kind of called, sure. you know, I might have uh, some key initiatives that I want to capture for the quarter uh, in BetterWorks. And th those could be things like uh, maybe I need to deliver 100 uh, new hires, you know, uh, bring on 100 new hires, so that's obviously very measurement driven as I get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, I check those in and, you know, I make progress against that goal of 100 and everybody can see exactly how we're tracking against that goal. And I can even, if I have a large team of recruiters, I could even uh, kind of farm out co contributions to that 100 total and people could check that in on a kind of a more you know, individual basis and that would aggregate towards the overall uh, total goal for the, for the team. So that's the measurement one. And that applies to sales appointments, marketing leads, analyst briefings, et cetera. Uh, but I also might, if I'm in HR, I might have some other key initiatives like, you know, improve the company culture by facilitating, you know, maybe, uh, you know, these three initiatives. You know, maybe we want to kind of uh, develop, uh, you know, our emotional IQ 
and we're going to bring in a you know a consultant to kind of help with that, and we're going to you know facilitate the office move, or we're going to define a new vacation policy and a new performance management policy. Uh, you know, there's a, those are very you know whether you did them or not is actually quite binary. You know, we either did them or not. We yeah. defined the vacation policy. You know, we communicated the policy out to the organization, etc. Mm -hmm. And you know, or you know, and and so. While they're less kind of measurement or kind of quantifiable in nature, they're still, I think, very, um, you know, actionable. Mm -hmm. And so we allow people to express these kind of, you know, goals and then also kind of the milestones within those that allow them to kind of track their progress against that. And, you know, interestingly, I mean, the feedback that I get from users mm -hmm. is, you know, they love this kind of experience where they feel like they're getting credit for their work. You know, think about, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about seems like common sense, right? Like let's yeah, yeah. work openly in a coordinated way where we have clarity of purpose and mm. we're all connected and we understand what's important and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna kind of track our progress and feel good about our work. Yeah. But think about like the, you know, the kind of the traditional approach where, you know, people don't get their goals set for the year until May. Yeah. They're kind of so, you know, kind of they spend so much time buffing and polishing these things. People don't check in during the year on things. They don't engage in one-on-ones with their manager. They don't have any sense of clarity of what's important. Some of these companies might think they, the employees might think that senior management doesn't even have goals because they've never seen the goals from right, senior yeah, management. Yeah. yeah. The like the the work that you know the alternate universe is such a negative place. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember one user that said to me. You know, it felt it feels it felt so good when I checked in on that milestone and I saw my progress increase that I immediately started looking for other things to check you know check in on and make progress on. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I feel like that's a, you know kind of speaks to our kind of very human core kind of nature, which is you know creating a set of things that we're going to work on, seeing our progress happen, feeling good about that, and and then reflecting on the work that we did, and then setting a new kind of cycle in place for kind of what we're going to do next and if you can kind of tap into that psychology and and kind of that motivation and, and engagement then you know clearly it's going to keep people you know a lot more focused um, and a lot more productive and I you know the other really cool stuff that I've heard from users is things like you know I remember there was like uh, one user that had like 18 goals assigned to them or they, they were like working on 18 initiatives just because uh, people kept inviting them to kind of inviting him to contribute to their goals, and he was a very cross-functional team member. And it turned out that like obviously he had too many things. 18 things is too many things. Yeah. And you know the software kind of brought that to light. It kind of it wouldn't have been known of all of these kind of cross-functional dependencies and horizontal things and all these groups that were counting on this person. And what it basically forced was a conversation on well I can't I can't do 18. I can probably do eight. Or ten, yeah. and let's figure out, you know, which ones can we defer, which ones can we delegate, which ones can we ignore. But let's have a kind of a constructive conversation about it. Right. And, right. and, and so, you know, this, that's the very, very practical implications of having this kind of software. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like it, you know, it's a, it's a great asset to have in terms of prioritization of goals as well as you know, goal setting. But and even is it a tool for resourcing, so you can see the areas where you know people may have a lot of things that they're working on, and you may need extra resources to 
to to assist. So you know that that, that sounds like another benefit that probably would have been, wouldn't have been um, you know apparent at least to me straight off the bat. So that that that's definitely interesting. Um, well, I, I guess while while we're talking about uh, goal setting, um, something that might be of interest to our to our listeners and readers is you know what what are your goals, uh, Chris? Say for the next quarterly cadence and you know do, do you make your own goals as a as a leader in the organization um, visible to to uh, to everybody else in your organization and, and how you're progressing against them yeah that's a great question so uh, I, while you were asking me the question I actually uh, fired up uh, better works so I'm looking at my better work screen right now great and uh, you know and so I'll just I'll tell you I have I have uh, uh, five goals right. that I'm working on for this quarter. Everybody in the company can see my goals. Uh, it, we're public on, you know, in, internally on those. Yeah. Uh, I would say, by the way, an interesting thing uh, that that you know, I mean, I mean, we're a small company, right? We're 50 people, and we're we're growing to about 150 next year. Right. Uh, you know, this is very different than you know having you know 10,000 people in the company, and so how we might use it is actually maybe a little different than. How a large enterprise might use our product, of course. And, and in in that, uh, you know, I would say we don't have a very strong emphasis on cascading multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Like for example, uh, I don't own all of the product goals and engineering goals, and mm -hmm. and you know, so that they're all in my name, and then we kind of cascade them to the product leader and the engineering leader, etc. I would say we've kind of built a very flat uh, information architecture okay. where. You know, my role in the company is to facilitate some key things that I'm working on, and you know, and if we were, if you want to see what's important for product, marketing, sales, etc., then you would go to that that functional leader's goals to see those things. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, you know, there's it, it is makes it very freeing from a kind of a, a, a agility or adaptability standpoint that you know we don't have to worry about kind of cascading multiple multiple levels. Now, mm -hmm. clearly, in product. You know, there's going to be goals that are important there that need to uh, kind of get uh, support within the entire product organization or within certain sections of product that will ultimately align to the product leader's goals. Mm -hmm. But uh, I give you that background to kind of demonstrate that my goals are actually just kind of key things that I personally need to work on inside the company. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, uh, I'm the sales leader today in the company. We, we just recently hired a new sales leader, and that person starts next week. Right. Uh, but currently, I'm the sales leader, so I own the sales bookings goal, uh, and that includes new bookings and upsell, as well as renewals. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and then, you know, I actually have a goal around transitioning the sales leadership role to this new person, and I set out uh, kind of a handful of milestones that will enable me to set that person up for success around the key things that I think they're going to need to kind of work on over the first 30 to 90 days mm -hmm. uh, in order to kind of ramp up very quickly into that new position. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, I, I'm looking for actually a, a, another leader inside the organization to really drive and, and kind of own customer success going forward. Mm -hmm. And so I'm contributing to our hiring goal that exists across the company uh, by bringing, I'm committing that one, uh, that the a senior leader to kind of, you know, fill that, the, the, the customer success role. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, one of the things that I've been, uh, uh, kind of, uh, really wanting to do is to spend some time around the vision and kind of planning for the organization going forward. You know, we're going through a period of kind of very fast scaling, you know, we're going to triple our headcount by next year. Uh, we need to kind of start to really mature a lot of our processes and, 
and kind of and, and how we handle things kind of as we go from like a small size company to a mid-sized company. And, and so I've kind of set out a whole collection of milestones this quarter of work that I want to do around how to, how to facilitate that inside the organization. And some of those are actually cross-functional, working with people ops, uh, people operations, which, are, which is our HR function and whatnot. So, you know, that's kind of a summary, but it tells you, you know, bookings, hiring, uh, transitioning the, kind of in this new role, uh, you know, defining the vision and, and going through a planning exercise, um, and, and, and uh, you know, things like that that are, you know, pretty, pretty basic things. Yeah, yeah. But are very important, and they need to be done really well. Absolutely, and you know, I, I love the fact that that's transparent to, to the entire organization, and you know, people who have just joined, or you know, people who've been working with you for a while, can can see what you're doing on a on a daily basis and how you're progressing, and and I suppose feel a sense of ownership and engagement, and you know, really being part of of what the entire company is striving towards. So it gives it that, you know, everybody's singing off the same hymn sheet type um, feeling, which is you know uh, often lacking in large organizations, and, and I think it's it's um, really really de detrimental to to productivity. Uh, and even to you know to people staying in organizations, they feel disenfranchised and uh, and feel that they're not really you know contributing to something. So I think it's a really really positive step um, towards productivity and, and engagement of workers. So that you know that's great. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I do think that it's interesting that uh, you know I think accountability just used to be kind of like a like a, a downwards or cascading concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, executives were beyond reproach, or you know that they didn't have to share information with the individuals. Like, why? You know, they're not, they're not. Uh, you know, this is above their pay grade, or you know, they don't need. To, this is an information's need to know basis. Yeah. And I think those companies, you know, are not going to succeed. Uh, and the companies, I, I actually think of it as more of mutual accountability. That you know, I'll, I get to hold other people accountable, but I also have to be held accountable as well. And and so you know I think that's an interesting concept. You know one thing that we didn't talk about is uh, you know along the along the lines of the Fitbit for work metaphor. Mm. You know one of the things. In the, by the way, I think the Fitbit mobile app is really great, and that inspired our mobile app. Okay. Um, and what I think is really awesome about it is you know it, it it shows you how you're doing, you know how your peers are doing, and it gives you all these great insights. And in Fitbit, by the way. You can cheer or taunt anyone, and they have these really lightweight social gestures that yeah, yeah. kind of you know facilitate this social environment. Um, and so when we built our app, and this is in our web app or mobile app, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, either one, you can do this, and you can cheer. Now we didn't go with taunt because taunt is not really a workplace kind of verb. Right. Um, so we went with nudge. So you can cheer and nudge anybody in the company. Uh, um, and specifically, you can cheer or nudge their goals. You actually can't cheer or nudge the person. Right, right. Uh, and, and, and so, if and what that means, by the way, is that you know, my, you know, my manager, you know, uh, progress. But beyond just the manager responsibility, your peers end up kind of cheering and nudging each other. And then even the, the 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 person might end up cheering or nudging their manager, or maybe even you know the departmental leader, or you know it's a very flat kind of way of of kind of giving feedback, reinforcement, and kind of um, you know pushing ourselves mm -hmm. further along to you know reach our full potential. 
and we found that it's a very effective way of driving engagement with the platform. Absolutely, yeah. Look, you know, it's it's probably well documented uh, and researched. You know that social interaction is probably the key motivator. You know, uh, obviously reward and. People talk about reward and talk about remuneration and all the rest, but you know, uh, social is often the probably the most effective way to to motivate people um, towards towards achieving their goals. So I think definitely you, you, you've captured that. Um, in terms of goals, then I suppose I, I won't I won't keep you too much longer, Chris. But uh, in terms of long-term goals, then for for BetterWorks, what what is the long-term goal? Do you, are you just focusing on growing the company right now, growing your customer base? Or is it is it a, a case of you know your your um, you know with with your integrations in the, in the Salesforce and all the rest? Do you see that as a potential acquisition play, or do you see you know going see BetterWorks going for IPO in the coming years, or what what is the what's the end game? So I mean, my personal goal with the company is to uh, take the company as far as we can and. Uh, you know, re really reach the you know our full potential around the company, mm. and you know I think of that as really as a long-term journey. Uh, you know, we uh, we're here in Palo Alto. You know, I live in Palo Alto. We have a we're right on University. We're basically kind of in like the downtown you know mecca of the mecca of of high technology. Sure. And uh, and you know, and I, I feel like we've got a you know great opportunity that's perfectly horizontal that touches virtually every industry and every type of you know knowledge worker in those industries. Mm -hmm. And there's a potential to create you know a very large independent company in this category and, and define a new category at the same time. And so I get you know the the vision I would say is. Uh, you know, to keep uh, building, you know, we're kind of in the year two of maybe a seven to ten year journey. Uh, keep building, keep growing, you know, keep focusing on customer acquisition and delivery of success for our customers. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, that that uh, has a strong chance, I think, of uh, resulting in an IPO. But, uh, you know, I would frame it more as, you know, the goal is to just remain independent and create a real category of so a new category of software. And if we just keep working at that and chipping away, then, um, you know, then, you know, kind of magical things happen if you're prepared to, you know, put in the hard work. Yeah, that that sounds fantastic, Chris. I, I really I couldn't think of a, a better way to. To, to round it all up, you know, so that's that's brilliant. And, and listen, th thank you very much for, for your insight and for joining us on, on Sascribe today. Wonderful. Thank you for having